0: And welcome to the Weekly Recap. Uh, This is episode 80. Nick and Jake are hanging out here. Uh, Jake's on FaceTime, obviously. And uh, I am here to talk about my weekend of uh, beer excursions. Jake's going to fill us in on LA, if you're a Letterkenny fan. Um, (laughs) there's, uh, There's a lot to be said this week, I think. I am currently enjoying a beat sour IPA from Grist House, which is the weirdest combination of flavors I think I've ever had in a beer. Um, it's not bad though. It's got that like a really weird bite to it, but I'm glad that I at least got to try this. So I'm going to be enjoying this. Uh, Jake is putting together his notes right now. I think he's, uh, back on with me.
1: I am. I'm here. Um, thank you guys for listening um, hopefully we have some cool things to discuss this week. I had consumed, you know, uh, probably my fill of alcohol for the week, uh, this weekend. So I won't be partaking in any, uh, any drinking at the moment, but we're going to get into some stuff that I had this weekend, uh, that I was pretty excited about. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I was like getting out and visiting new cities. It's one of my favorite things, uh, that, like Fortunately, I've been able to visit, I think, almost every major city on the West Coast at this point in the last, I guess, uh, 10 months or so is what I'm looking at now. You could probably
0: round up and just say a year.
1: (laughs) Yeah, just about. So I'm not sure if I'll be able to get to any other major cities. I don't think so. I don't have anything planned right now. I'll be in uh, the Bay Area a few times over the next month or so but uh you know i've i've already sort of explained my favorites and and gotten into some of the stuff that i've done there in past episodes so if you want to go hear my thoughts on the bay area and the places that i've been there feel free to you know scroll back through the now 80 episodes of this podcast that we have put on
0: yeah i think um i think there's something to be said about that though our 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 gimmick really is like a weekly rehash of what went on. So I don't know that our older episodes hold up, but there's some good information out there. I think that uh, we have some, some in-depth conversations that don't necessarily revolve around what's going on during the week. So I, I don't know that the listenability is very high for like maybe episode 27 at this point, but maybe like episode 60, or, you know, 65? Yeah, but we, I
1: think that we've been trying... At least part of what I've tried to do, having now moved to the West Coast, is, like, make it more, uh, I guess, encompassing of, like, a broader area instead of just focusing on, you know, some stuff that you guys have done in Pittsburgh. We, I mean, we've gotten into some segments and things that, you know, bring a little bit of, I guess, pizzazz to the show where it's not... It isn't necessarily just a rehashing. I mean, we, we came up with that name... Uh, and it kind of stuck, but it wasn't. I don't think we've ever necessarily intended it to just be like us talking about what we did that week.
0: No, I but agree. We always with that. seem
1: to get into. We always seem to get into different topics related to you know what's going on in the craft beer scene, typically nationwide. I mean, it you know, like I said, now that I've, I, I mean, since we started this, I've moved to two different cities, um, and those have you know not been. Pittsburgh PA. Yeah. So it's it's good to I think add a little bit of
0: It uh, provides a good balance. Broader
1: conversation. Yeah. Right, right,
0: right. I um I really do enjoy the Pittsburgh scene though. I think that there's a lot of good happening and I think it's a lot of fun to explore even just like places that we don't get to all the time. And really just, you know, get out and meet people and and hang out and uh, like, we've made some friends from this podcast. We've, we've had some like, I I mean, I feel like there are some relationships that we've built just in the, the year and a half that we've been doing this that are definitely like, uh, better than just recapping what we do every week, you know? Um, I, I'll get into my weekend a little bit later on but uh, but I mean you run into people who listen to the podcast or or who want to you know like talk about beer with us and stuff like that and I, I, I don't consider myself an expert by any means I'm not a Cicerone or I'm not a brewer or anything like that but I really do enjoy having the ability to hold conversation with pretty much anybody who's a craft beer drinker you know and I, I really like that we've been able to to have this medium to like expand on that so that's always been yeah, I think a, a that big we it's
1: point. we I think that we add we add a little bit of a um, sort of like an everyman's, you know take on the craft beer industry it's, oh it's, fuck yeah
0: fuck yeah we're, I don't we're a like bunch of podcast you know? <laughs> and it,
1: it, it feels like I'm I'm like missing out on the joke
0: Yeah. Like it's like, like a couple of bros that have like inside jokes and stuff like that. And yeah, I I there's
1: not even just like specifically jokes. It's just like, if if you, if you, uh, there are a lot of podcasts out there, I think, where you need to have some sort of, uh, idea or like general background of what they're talking about to, to really like get involved with, with, you know, what it is that they're saying. Um, and that's, that's kind of a vague statement, but, and, and it kind of makes sense.
0: Yeah. But, I, I mean, there
1: yeah, are- I, I like being able to, to st- sort of just casually listen to things w- without having to like brush up on everything that's going on. I mean, it's, yeah, you don't want
0: to sit there and Google the entire podcast while you're listening to it. And I get that too. Um, actually I, so that's uh the podcast that Alex was talking about last week called ologies. Um, really interesting stuff actually. Uh, the girl that does it has been doing it for a while now that that one that he sent us was an older episode from like October of last year. And, uh, so the, the, the episode that he sent was the Zymology episode, which is the study of beer, right? So she breaks down like a lot of the industry terms and like the, uh, the jargon that goes along with craft beer. Um, as she's going through the podcast, which is kind of a cool idea, rather than like Googling it yourself, like what they're talking about, she actually does it as like a part of the podcast. So she'll like break away from the conversation that she's having. Like she was interviewing the head brewer at Rogue on that particular episode and he would say some things and then she would like cut away and say, hey, you know what? I Googled blah, blah, blah. This is what it means. And it like she kind of like brings you up to speed with it, which I thought was really approachable right that's something where you can listen to it no matter what she's talking about it's going to be educational and not work you know
1: so yeah it's i think it's important that you that you can have a podcast that is that's sort of like standalone right where you don't have to be if you don't want to you don't have to interact with the podcast in a specific way in terms of doing your own research on what they're talking about yeah, that's what, and I, you know, I, I don't, I don't listen to, I don't know, all of that many podcasts. A lot of them are like sports related. Oh, sure, yeah, interesting, interesting interviews with people, and and that's those are sort of what I like to to get into because it's it's something you can just throw on while you're driving in the car for like a half hour or something, and, and it's it's cool to kind of get some information on. Um, what I liked about some of the clips that I heard from the podcast that we're referencing. Um, is that it's she? She makes it very uh, understandable and and not overly technical. Because when when you when I hear the name ologies, you know I think of like oh Christ, I'm gonna get taken back to like tenth grade where I'm I'm learning about like talking biology and anthropology and all this all this bullshit that's like really technical and not re- really all that interesting in most cases. But she picks says the topics, fucking and, and chemist she kind of she kind of it down. yeah i mean i am an engineer and but that like i don't like necessarily taking my work home with me like when I'm, i i don't want to always be like fucking stimulating my mind sometimes i just want to throw on a podcast and just listen to something that's you know completely different than what it is that i do every day
0: yeah yeah kind of no, i know i get that it's like know? it's like coming home and playing cod like you're not going to sit there and I mean, unless you're like, uh, like a military mind or something like that, you know, you're not really like taking that as you're, you're, you're taking it as an escape, right? That's what video games are for. That's what like, and I mean, this might be a little bit heavy for the conversation that we're having, but you know, you don't want to immerse yourself fully into something that is your day to day. That's you, you get paid eight to 10 hours a day to do this work or more for most people. Right. Um, and you want to escape that. And I think that, uh, like you're saying, it, it's something that really makes it so that it's easily digestible rather than like working at it. So,
1: right. And it's, it's hard to, 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 you know, in terms of, you know, the ologies podcast, I don't know how long the episodes are, but it, it you know, I'm sure that it's very difficult to, to get all the points across that you want to about these different fields of study in like an hour
0: yeah it's, it's or so hour,
1: even an hour and a half you know i mean these are so they, they are so technical but that's that's what i think makes what she's doing very cool especially you know with the the beer related one i mean it's it's like a, it's not even really a, a science necessarily
0: you know, oh, I think somebody would. I, I think somebody will I mean, argue I, I, with the. It one.
1: is. It is. But it's there. It, there's more, you know, nuance to it than just like, you know, if you're doing if you're studying like you know animals or something, right? Right. Like yeah. There, there, are, there are like hard facts with a lot of it, but for for brewing, you know, it's kind of it's a mix between art and science. It really is. I mean, there's oh, no for sure. And I there's think no that's one one particular way that you do it. I mean, and. Everybody has their own take on you know what you should do, how you should do it, all this stuff, and that's what I think is is part of what makes it so interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think that's really the great thing about craft beer is that everything is different. You're experimenting, you're you're creating something that wasn't there before, and you're taking these wild ingredients. Uh, case in point, Stellar Sippa from Grist House that I'm drinking right now. You're taking these wild ingredients that are not necessarily supposed to be together and you're making something that, that stands out, that makes you feel like you're experiencing something new or something for the first time every time, you know? And that's what, that's what the, the excitement around craft beer is, right? Is that you're, you're getting out there, you're trying new things that maybe somebody else has done a hundred times before, but they've never done it quite like this guy or that guy or, you know, down the list. Right. right?
1: And no one has ever brewed, like, you know, you, you have recipes and you, you know, there's, the the big beer types of the world where you're you're producing the same thing and you you want that to be consistent like but but there is kind of this inexact nature to what it is that you're doing as a brewer i mean you could you could talk to i'm sure that the head brewers at miller Coors and and anheuser-busch and all that and every time i've had a miller light i'm sure it's tasted almost exactly like every other miller light i've had and you know i'm sure that they take pride in being able to produce the same thing over and over and over again but if you're working at one of these small breweries, I got to imagine that even like the, the water content kind of varies a little bit, right? So you're going to have some variability in, in what you're getting in, in, as far as taste. And, you know, a lot of these people produce the same kind of beers on a rotation, you know, places like dancing gnome for, for instance, you know, they have their staples and they produce that and, and, or, or somebody like, um, a lot of the places that we talk about all the time, Half Acre, uh, Three Floyds, all of that stuff. But you know, it, it's never exactly the same beer, right? It's it's it. There's some variability, and that's. I think that's more of what I'm. I'm sort of commenting on, not saying that it's not completely scientific, because you, like I said, you can look at it completely as technically as you want. Yeah, but. You don't have to, you know. It's kind of it, a lot of people start homebrewing. They they don't have the necessary equipment to look at all of these things, you know. They're they're using hydrometers and stuff instead of like a, you know, chromatography setup or something where you can like tell exactly, you know, down to two or three decimal places how much alcohol is in whatever it is that you just produced. At, at, you know, if you're working in one of these places that is on like a larger scale, but right, you know, and I think a lot of that, that start out.
0: Yeah, I think there's a lot yeah. of uh, issues with like temperature control and stuff like that too, because you don't have these massive machines that are that are dropping the the temperature of the wart down to where you want it to be in minutes. You're you're taking half an hour or whatever to drop that down by putting it in a bag of ice or something, you know? There's infinite- yeah, I'd, be,
1: I'd be interested to talk to, you know, some of the, the local kind of players and see and and I guess maybe get their thoughts on On what they deem is, you know, good enough to be consistent with, you know, what they're kind of expecting. Because I'm sure that you talk to anybody who's who's brewed at, you know, a homebrew level or or some of these places that are producing, you know, hundreds or thousands of barrels a year. It's they probably had batches that didn't turn out exactly how they wanted, and maybe it's a beer that they brewed you know, five to 10 to, you know, however many times, hundred times maybe before. And something was different about, you know, the way that it was produced and, and, you know, the content, the quality of the ingredients, maybe the water, like I was saying before, I mean, it's, there's a lot that goes into it. That's, that's not just like, Oh, I can, you know, I can look at this completely analytically and run a calculation and determine how this is going to taste. Right. It's, it's right. No, absolutely. There's so much nuance to it.
0: Yeah. Um, at this point, I do want to uh, kind of switch gears. Let's uh, let's hear about your L.A. trip.
1: Sure. Absolutely. Um, so I had never been to L.A. before. I don't think anybody in our family has been to L.A. either, so I think this is the first.
0: Yes, you are the have first, Adams.
1: I think I'm the first. Cause none of us have really had really even been out to the West Coast.
0: No, I, the furthest West I've ever been is Kansas City, and that was a long time ago. So... I um I do plan to get to California eventually. LA is probably on the list, but probably low on the list to be honest. Um, just because Sarah used to live in Monterey, and she really wants to get back there, just to like see Monterey again. And um, I mean, like our our relatives live in upstate California. Like, there's there's so much of California to see, but I, I really do want to get to the West Coast at some point.
1: Yeah, it's definitely. I mean, I, I've loved it out here. I mean, you like we're talking about how this is the 80th episode. I'm sure if you go back through all like 65 episodes that I've been on, of those 65, where I was living in, on the West Coast, I haven't had a, a really a bad things to, to say about it, um,
0: except for um, Seattle.
1: Except for Seattle, yeah. We <laughs> we've gone, yeah. We've we've talked about that
0: at least
1: going to... I'm not going to <laughs> beat a dead horse by continuing my thrashing of the city of Seattle, but um, had, I was actually I've, just there today. I had to fly through it and I hate SeaTac. That's probably one of my least favorite parts of Seattle <laughs> is the airport because it's so bad and I get delayed almost every time I go there. Well, I mean, so,
0: there's not uh, the, uh, the, the thing is keep trying it though. <laughs> I, I feel like, I've had a few friends of mine say that Seattle is incredible and just like a great city and all this other stuff. And so I, I don't really, I, I mean, I, I, I take your opinion. I appreciate it, but I'm not going to base my entire outlook on Seattle just on you. So
1: it's, it's just, it was really interesting. Like when, when Kat and I were there and we were, you know, we're going through and, and I think while, even while we were there, like, Oh, this is like, there's some cool places to go. There's a lot of, a lot of young people live there, so it's the, the party scene is definitely, you know, up to speed with a lot of other cities that I've visited and been, been to that, that people would consider, you know, young cities. But it was, I think it was just the overhype that, you know, anytime I've ever talked to somebody about Seattle, they're like, oh my God, I fucking love Seattle. It's, it's incredible. And I think we were just expecting a little bit more. And we had gone on a good weekend. It was, like, really nice. You know, it was, it was springtime, but it was still a little bit... It was cold, but that weekend just happened to be, like, on the warmer side and all the stuff. But, you know, if, you, if... Well, I'll have to look back to see what episode that was, but if you want to hear my full thoughts on the city of Seattle, um, I really eviscerated the entire city. Um, you really did Effectively, the Seattle. entire state of Washington as well, but... <laughs> All right. So so, I made it to L.A. Um, finally, it's, it's been... Uh, that was kind of on my list, and I don't know if we really... If, if I was like necessarily planning on doing that uh, as soon as I could, but we, we had planned this trip a couple of months ago um, with... There were five of us that went. Um, so we got a, we got a pretty, pretty big group together, um, which is definitely the way to do it. It's tough to get around in LA because everything is so kind of spread out. We were staying in Beverly Hills and shout out Weezer. (laughs) And we, we were trying to get to even like, even into downtown LA, it's like a a 20 or 30 minute drive from Beverly Hills. So it's really, really difficult to, to get to all the places. I mean, Trevor gave me a lot of recommendations uh, for breweries and I could really only go to one. I mean, had I been planning a trip, you know, just by myself or with like maybe one or two other people, it would have been a little bit easier for me to get around, I guess, to see some of these different places. But a lot of the places that he recommended like Casa Agria and homage and all of the, like those places are Casa, like Casa really, Africa. <laughs> that, that's what he sent me. I swear to God, I can, we can post the text message conversation between <laughs> me and him. And it, I'm it, sorry. It's it, still it, really uh, have, funny. <laughs> It must have auto-corrected to, to Africa because I, I looked that up and I was like, I'm not seeing this literally anywhere. I don't know what he's talking about. This place doesn't exist. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, those, those three places there and, and Monkish is the one that I ended up uh, getting to. And Monkish has a, a pretty uh, pretty good reputation in, in craft beer. Um, I, I think that they're... Are they associated with pop culture? I, I think that I've seen them at... Some of the events. Not I don't really. think so.
0: No, no, no. I feel um, they, like they're,
1: they've done collaborations with, with some of the big players, even on the East Coast. They did one with Trillium, I believe.
0: Oh, um, yeah. They do the um, what's it called? The hip hop uh, mixtape, I think. I, I forget what mm-hmm. it's it, like. Uh, insert, yeah, so it's interesting. They actually have a reference here.
1: Yeah, they, they had a T-shirt that looked like that, like tan design. Oh, that's cool. Um, with, with like a boom box from you know, like the 80s or something.
0: Like a so, Grandmaster Flash style. Like, yes, exactly. They had a couple suit. of different colors. Yeah, gotcha. I don't
1: know if I took any pictures of like what they had, but they had hella merch. Really cool merch too. They, they had like champion t shirts and like, you know, pullovers and stuff. Like pretty high quality merch for a brewery. I mean, typically you have, you know, you get. I don't know, like wholesale hoodies and stuff and just kind of throw your logo on them. But they seem to like really uh, care about the way that they present themselves in terms of their, their merchandise t-shirts, hats, all that stuff. And and it's all very high quality. I'm actually wearing the hat that I bought there.
0: And it's fucking dope. I love that hat. Actually.
1: Is it a five panel or it was a five panel? Yes. That's nice. Um, they had a, a few options. Um, I think their logo is sick. I mean it, this just has the word monkish on it, but they have oh, the like really little cool logo. I mean if you yeah, if you read about their their story a little bit, they you know they've they brew everything in in the vein of, you know, how monks used to brew in like Belgium and and that kind of stuff. Which is interesting. Um a, a lot of their beer I mean they they make beer that is uh, kind of sticks to you know a couple of of particular styles um i the Haze boys this time around um definitely a place that i want to get back to at some point i'm sure that they their their menus getting you know rehashed all the time um, oh, i'm sure
0: yeah they they always have like a rotating tap selection i'm sure
1: yeah, so they have a good amount of bottles. You can drink some of the bottles there on site. Um, some of them you have to take with you. Um, they do some. They have a they have a tart and funky section. They had a Belgian section and a hoppy section. So I, I stuck in the hoppy section. They have a a beer called Skullpin, which is a great, great reference to uh, big beer. <laughs> a, a, another local, yeah, another local place that sold out for uh, a hell of a lot of money.
0: One billion dollars.
1: 100 billion dollars so uh, i I have three of their what they they included in their hobby section uh one was called eats is infinite they all kind of blended together I'm not gonna sit here and act like I can tell you specifically about each of them and and sort of what they tasted like they they were all hazy as hell all not all that fruity I think they were definitely on the hobby side so they um, they categorize them pretty correctly, I want to say. Um, and they're all very high in alcohol. They they just do 12-ounce pours of these instead of pints. But they're all, one of them was 7%. The other two were over 8. And they were just, you know, double dry hop IPAs. Very, very delicious. Um, everything that they kind of made, I, I had a couple of the other offerings from some people that I was with. They just seem to do it right. I mean they they're really on that that hazy IPA wave that's you know run through the East Coast here for the last three to four or five years, whatever it's been um, i I think that it's it's a little bit unless you're going to l a for a specific craft beer type of trip it's it would be difficult for me to recommend going there. So we, we took an Uber down there. Uh, it's, it's in a town called Torrance, which is west of Compton. Um, it's, it's a hike, and traffic in LA is the worst I've ever seen. And you really have to, like, if you have a car, that's, that's pretty pretty nice. We actually got lucky with one of our friends who we were with. His brother lives there. So we, we we got to save a little bit of money on Ubers because he, he kind of toted us around for a good portion of the day on Saturday and then again on Sunday. But Monkish, uh, it's a really cool site. I mean, it's it's one of those places, and, and this is, I, I think, becoming very common where they kind of let you roam wherever you want within the brewery. I mean, they have some stuff roped off so you can't like just walk up to all of the tanks, but you're in, you know... The, the production facility you're standing right there you're using you know they have a bunch of barrels that they age stuff in sitting next to these massive fermenters and you just stand you know throw your beer on top of the, the barrel and just kind of hang out and um, it's it's in like an industrial park there's another another thing about a lot of the California breweries there's there seem to be like a bunch of a bunch of them that are in like kind of weird non-traditional locations. I mean, obviously, you can get these production facilities, you know, you need a lot of space to, to brew, right? I mean, if, if you're at any reasonably large scale, so you kind of have to pick, I guess, a place like an industrial park, but it's not as cool, you know, it's, it doesn't have a, as great of an atmosphere as some of the places that I've seen on the East Coast where you have like a full, you know, kind of beer garden and stuff like that. It's it's really just like a parking lot outside and then there's like a little bit of a tasting room and then you're kind of just hanging out. In facility, That's facility, interesting to me. I, which I like. I mean, you can kind of, you you sort of get a feel for how the whole like kind of process works, just looking at how the the system is set up. And, and I kind of geek out over that. Um, a little bit when you can get up close and personal with, with a lot of the equipment and, and I'm sure that if I had taken the time to ask them about, you know, how it is that they brew and what, you know, what they're sort of targeting with, which, e- with each of their beers, they would have talked to me for hours on end. Um, but it was, it was pretty busy. I mean, it was a Sunday afternoon, so not probably not as busy as it gets on like a Saturday or something, but really well worth the trip down there for me, like I said, it would be hard for me to try to convince somebody to to drive all the way down there. If they weren't just going to have some good craft beer in the LA area.
0: Yeah. That's, um, that's interesting the way that you, that that you say that, cause like you would think a a production facility like monkish would have a bigger, like more elaborate tap room just because they've been around for a little while longer. And, I mean, they've only probably been around for, what, four or five years, maybe? But I feel like they've been just killing it. Like, everybody is always, like, searching out their beers and, like, trying to track down Mm -hmm. any monkish they can get a hold of.
1: Yeah, and they have, you know, they have a a wall of stickers of, of people that have presumably done collabs with them or have visited the brewery from, you know, everybody from Treehouse to Other Half to... You know, um, night shift. I think I saw a sticker from them there. Like there, there's a lot of big name brewers that are sort of seeking this place out. And I don't, I don't know if I have enough, uh, you know, information on other breweries in the LA area to kind of, uh, I guess, speculate as to where they stand in terms of like popularity and all that stuff. But they just they make really good beer and. Yeah. Good product is always going to sell. You know, we, how often do we say that? Oh,
0: we and, say that it's just, every it's episode. It's
1: just true. I mean, it's, it's. you know, maybe it's not the, the greatest place. I mean, they, have, they had a lot of seating. They had a lot of tables and, and sort of places to kind of kick back and stuff. But I wouldn't say it's the greatest location. I mean, it's, it's kind of tucked away. It's, like I said, it's in like a weird kind of office park area. That's not necessarily all that desirable to me. You know, it's like, I'm, I don't. If I'm going out day drinking on like a Saturday or something, I'd like to be able to sit in like sort of like a lounge area, kind of hang out, you know, walk around the outside and stuff like that. And they they don't really have an outside area that you can hang out in. But, you know, they may if you make good beer, people will come, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's the old
0: it's the old uh, Field of Dreams reference. Right.
1: But um, so.
0: So that was obviously the highlight of the trip. Then,
1: yeah, I mean, so every every time I do one of these trips with like a bunch of my friends up here, it's I don't want to, you know, force them because they're into craft beer, but not nearly as much as I am.
0: Sure, sure. So
1: I don't, I never want to like dictate what it is that we do.
0: Yeah, you don't want to bogart the force anybody to go experience.
1: Yeah. It would be nice if I could sort of do these trips over again on my own and and seek out the things that I like to do, which is mostly craft beer, but a lot of restaurants and things that I think that not that I'm necessarily missing out on. I mean, don't get me wrong, we had a blast this weekend, but there's there are definitely some things that I wish that we we could have gotten to, and it's tough because the the area is so massive and there's so many things to see.
0: Oh, sure, sure, and like, the city I mean, of you Los Angeles isn't do even LA in a day, right? Like.
1: No and it's not even that it's like the whole that whole area of Southern California there's so much to see you know beer wise and food and all this stuff and you just you can't do it in three three four days without a vehicle of your own either I mean it's you definitely need to have access to a car to, to get to a lot of these places in in a short amount of time um, but yeah I mean that that was pretty much the highlight I mean aside from that I did have a couple of local other local craft beers. Um, While we were sort of out and about, we went to see the Santa Monica Pier, which is just outrageously beautiful. The weather there is spectacular all the time. I'd imagine that it stays like that year-round. The fact that, you know, the majority of California is, like, seemingly on fire right now made me a little bit worried, but I don't even think we saw any smoke or anything. We were pretty... far away i didn't end up seeing the uh didn't get up to the hollywood sign which i would have liked to do we stayed in beverly hills we saw like a couple of um like open air art exhibits which was, was pretty cool um
0: you didn't see like bill murray's house or anything
1: no we didn't really do a tour we i did see a really sick ferrari um i think it was on friday night when we first got in we went to get some beers and uh drove past this dude who was just like Casually just sitting there with his blinkers on in this Ferrari, like just
0: Just flexing on on them.
1: But it was, (laughs) yeah, I mean, you have Beverly Hills is like, obviously one of the most wealthy areas in the country. So you're going to see a lot of Maseratis and, you know, Beamers and, and Benzes and all that stuff. But
0: Bentley's just, just Bentley's everywhere.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, I've, even the uber drivers we we got into some conversations with some people and they were just like yeah like you'll you'll just like casually be driving around and you're like toyota corolla and you just drive past like a fucking lambo and and that's just like a normal occurrence in southern california what's
0: crazy is that's that's what sarah said about like um about monterey is that everybody has like a super nice car and they're always like just driving them around because the weather's beautiful all year round
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, that's uh, California in general. Like, that's the majority of what you see. I mean, it's the same in in San Francisco. The people who live in San Francisco that own cars, they're always luxury cars, and they're there's, you know.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, so to piggyback on that, um, one of my friends is, uh, from work is a little bit of a car guru, and he was saying um, a lot of these, like super high end cars. You only keep for two, three seasons, maybe, especially in like a a climate like Pittsburgh, right? You're not driving it every day, but it's your show off car, right? You're, you're driving it around maybe 20,000 miles before you trade it in and get something newer. And one of the crazy things is uh, a friend of his has like a daily driver. That's like a, it's a Lambo. And, It's ten thousand dollars per tire, and like if something goes wrong, he has to take it to the like this specific dealership. They have to order in the parts. Like he's without his car for weeks on end because like they have to wait for the parts to come in from the manufacturer and like all this other silliness. So to see them just like casually driving around in L.A. or you know in, in on the West Coast or whatever makes sense but like seeing it in Pittsburgh just blows your mind, you know, like that's, that's, it's just nuts.
1: Yeah. Like who, who is making that much money in Pittsburgh, that they can kind of afford to make that their daily driver.
0: Right. Um, so at this point, um, let's, uh, let's hit a segment real quick here. Okay. So I'm going to drop this on you without any preparation. So being- this
1: is, this is called, uh, Podcast planning while in the middle of the podcast, uh, about thirty-five minutes in. So go ahead. I'm so ready. So
0: um, I'm going to rehash our our. You know, a couple weeks ago we asked about uh, Disney characters, you know, that kind of thing. We're going to go back to the uh, who would you drink with, right? And because you were in LA, yes, sir. Let's go with Hollywood types. All right, let's go with uh, the the two male and female uh, Hollywood types that you would drink with.
1: This is a good question, and I, I think that I probably should have been more prepared to answer this question because I was literally just in LA about <laughs> ten hours ago. Yeah. Um. So, okay, if we're if we're thinking, you know, like generally speaking, like actors, actresses. Yeah. There are. You know, I could take this in so many different ways. Oh, sure. So sure. many. I I've like really been into a lot of like movies and stuff recently. Um it's been a great couple of year, even the last couple of years. Mo- movies have just been incredible. Even some of the less popular movies are you know are are pretty high quality. Like uh, the production has been, you know, off the charts in in the last 5 10 years or whatever.
0: Yeah, and I think um, like with with streaming services being as top notch as they are now and like everybody being able to have access to all movies at all times, I think it lends to how good cinema has to be for it to make a splash.
1: Oh yeah. And, and I was even, you know, discussing the possibility of getting, there's a, um, the the Regal Cinemas family does a you know an unlimited th- there used to be a company called Movie Pass which has since gone bankrupt
0: yeah because it was like a, a shitty you know, idea
1: <laughs> not not necessarily a shitty idea i think just it, like they 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 were like oh this is really going to work it's really going to work and then they just they realized that it wasn't sustainable um so Regal does something similar where you pay you know 25 dollars or something a month and you get unlimited movies and i've really been considering that cuz i've been to the movies I don't know. Probably five times in the last like two or three months, which is a lot. Oh yeah,
0: definitely, you, definitely. And
1: and to make that worth it, the the twenty five dollars a month, you need to see like two three movies a month, which I would definitely do. I would force myself to do.
0: Yeah, and that's. Um, I mean, it's like all you can eat wings, right? If you are gonna go and you are gonna eat ten wings, you might as not. You might as well not pay for all you can eat. But if you are gonna go and you are gonna eat fifty wings for thirteen ninety nine or whatever it is, then it's worth it.
1: So I think what I'm going to do here is I'm going to um, I'm going to pick a couple of actors who are closer to my age. Oh, you could go you, go all over the fucking map here. I mean, you could pick literally anybody. This is this is like a very vague one. I mean, I'm almost tempted to, to be like, you know, maybe we should hold off on this one. And like well, we can always revisit it, it though, too. Um, right, so I think for right now, yeah, in, you know, in the vein of me being in Hollywood, in Beverly Hills, that type of stuff, um, this is a good, this is very topical. So I'm going to go with, like I said, a couple of people who are closer to my age. Um, first round pick for me is going to be Emma Stone.
0: Okay, so Emma Stone.
1: I like it. Um, I recently saw Zombieland Two.
0: Oh, don't tell me anything. Don't 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 tell me anything. I haven't seen it yet.
1: It was very funny. It was a good follow-up to the first one. Not quite as good as the first one, but
0: It's never going to be. Um, the first one was very a, a masterpiece.
1: It is. It is. Um very original. Uh and the second one sort of picks up and it's very like uh self-aware. They kind of break the fourth wall a little bit. Good. They don't they don't they don't break the fourth wall, but it's it's close. You know, it's, it's like they're, they're making references that they're like, Oh wait, you know, we're being very self-aware in this moment. So Emma stone killed it. Uh, again, I loved her in the first one. Um, she's been in a lot of really big fucking movies. I mean, she is just a full fledged movie star at this point. You know I mean? She,
0: but she has also like, she's got a lot of range too. Like she goes from everything from like, La La Land to Zombieland, right? For for lack of a better, like, yeah, right, <laughs> one to right. two, you know? <laughs> that was uh,
1: very well said. I was actually going to bring up La La Land because obviously that's <laughs> also based in LA. So that's, sure, sure. you know, really on brand for what we're speaking of here. Yeah, but um, like... She's just a great actor. She seems like somebody who would be really um just kind of a joy to be around.
0: Yeah, like, just like, like a she, cool person she to she hang actually, out with. She like,
1: seems like she would... Ver, like really enjoy the conversation more than anything, and 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 not make it all about herself. You know, I think that she's. Well, did you ever very, see? She seems humble, and maybe maybe it comes off as like almost Taylor Swiftian in a way, where it's like she's too humble. Yeah, where it's like just sit, just you're good, and you know it, but you should just take credit for it.
0: You saw her like, was it the Oscars where she read the speech that her brother wrote for her? <laughs> And he basically was, uh,
1: maybe I did. I don't know.
0: Uh, it, it was, a, it, I mean, it went viral for sure, but like, she was basically like, and you're uh, like the, the speech basically ended with her saying something along the lines of, but you're still second to me, like to her brother, like that kind yeah, of thing. Right, so right, right. I don't know. I thought it was, you know, I, I thought it she was just, very humble. Yeah, like, down
1: to earth. I think that I would, I would really enjoy, um, having, you know, an, an ice cold, uh, Probably like a lo- probably a logger or something like a- a- along those types. She's definitely not a beer drinker in real life. I think that she probably drinks like wine or something. If she she's drinks cla- at all, I feel like to be she's, she's, she's yeah, almost like- too classy for. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And and she probably takes shots of like tequila and shit all the time. Probably probably parties it up a little bit. Um, so my second pick is going to be. Oh, are we going to star- do that
0: or are are we going to go oh, back to do- forth?
1: Yeah, that's fine. We get, yeah, let's go back and forth, guys. All right, let's, let's move on to your first round pick. <laughs> okay, my,
0: my first round pick for this one, I I didn't have anything prepared for this. I really it just came to me as you were talking about L.A. and uh, so I want to go with somebody like super like big name, but at the same time I want to go with somebody that like that I feel like really made an impact on my life as like a movie watcher, and I'm gonna go with. Uh, Jack Nicholson.
1: Very interesting pick. I mean, he's obviously one of the biggest names. I would say. I mean, he's he's and also very much part of L.A. You know, he's, he's oh yeah he's yeah his he's his always it's like the, the Lakers. Lakers
0: yeah like all of that. I think that's a the, I think that was more of a driving factor to pick him over maybe some other like big name actors. But I feel like his his roles really like speak to you because he gets so involved in the character and it's not just because I watched the departed today, (laughs) but
1: (laughs) it might be a little bit, (laughs) Um, but just an instant classic. uh, Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. Frank Costello is, is one of the, the most evil manipulative, like asshole characters that he's ever played. But I also loved him as the Joker in Batman. Like he was just so creepy and like just over the top. And so there's, there's a lot that like goes through my mind when you think about that guy and I'll be real honest here and I, and I'm sure I'm going to get crucified, but I've never seen the shining.
1: neither have I. And, also very topical because the uh, what is it called? Dead Sleep, Doctor Sleep. Or, oh, Doctor Sleep, Doctor Sleep.
0: Yeah, Doctor Sleep Dr. came Sleep out just last came week, out,
1: which is the sequel to The Shining. Yeah, um, and like seemed to get some rave reviews. Um, I haven't really read all that much about it. I'm not. I'm really not a fan of horror films, so I, I don't think that I'll be watching that one.
0: Right. Yeah, I. I don't know that I'll. I, I don't know that I'll ever watch it. But at, at the same time, like The Shining is one of those like epic, just like genre defining, like that kind of thing. So I would say that Jack Nicholson would be like your, um, I feel like he'd really go for like a brute IPA, like kind of, kind of fancy, but not like, uh, not like a standard, like a, like a Stella or something like that. You know, like, I feel like, um, the, uh, Stillwater, and action Bronson collab would probably be like right up his alley. So I'm going to go with 7,000 as the beer that I would drink with Jack Nicholson. So that's uh that's my well first. Played. Round. Okay.
1: Yeah. All right. So moving on to the second round here. Um, so I've, I've uh, played my, my actress card. Uh, now we're going to move into, and we can, we can keep this going. I mean, we don't have to just do one of each, but Uh, This next person, uh, I I keep seeing him all over the place, Um, rightfully so, because I think he's a great actor. Oh, really? There's a movie that he's (laughs) in coming out, uh, I think around Thanksgiving, might even be on Thanksgiving. My second round pick is Daniel Kaluuya. I'm not even sure I know who that is. He's the star of Get Out.
0: Oh, Oh, okay, 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 okay. Yeah, I didn't know his um, name. He's
1: been in he's been in a lot of stuff since then, um, but that's that's what sort of like shot him into like the stratosphere of like now he is also like a full fledged movie star. Yes, definitely. Um, so there's a movie coming out on on the 27th that I'm really excited for um, called Queen and Slim.
0: Yes. Okay. I've which, I've seen um, the trailers for it
1: yeah so that it looks um I'm not gonna get into it i I, I have seen the trailers trailers as well. Um, I don't want to just completely botch what I am presuming the plot will sort of be focused around. definitely go check that out if you haven't seen the trailer for it. It looks really fucking good. Um, he is a great actor. him and get out is like one of the you know top five like best performances I've ever seen um, and uh, along with that movie that's in my top 10 movies all time for sure. Cause it's just the hype around it and how unexpected I think it was for a lot of people, but how incredibly like sort of moving and uh, suspenseful it really was. I mean, it, that's like a career defining moment for Jordan Peele and he's only going to continue to get better as a, as an actor. I mean, he, you can even throw him in there. Like Jordan Peele seems like somebody that I would love to have a drink with as well, but I'm going to go with Daniel. Yeah. He, I want to say that he, he would probably like, um, he would probably like something along the like Brown ale wave or like, or, or some, maybe like a heavier, like a red lager.
0: Now, see, that's something an interesting you know, pick
1: sort of along those lines. Um, <clears throat> you know I, I don't i don't see him getting along the the like hazy ipa wave or and and i think just in general like knowledge of of like people not really liking super hoppy beers i definitely wouldn't pick like a west coast ipa or something but something something that's like closer to i don't know i guess like so, uh, like a normal thing that you would see on like a, a regular draft list so um I would say, if I had to pick, maybe I'd go with that, that Sam Adams um, Red Ale that they have in Boston. Could be a good one. It's, it's pretty mild, pretty, pretty easily drinkable. Um, and he seems like the kind of guy who would, who would kind of get behind that
0: that that seems like a good pick i i mean again we're speculating wildly as to what these people would drink with us so and,
1: and there's not a there's chance not really, really like a good people are like, like right going answer to craft breweries or even like know what craft beer necessarily is yeah because they have better things to be doing than like you know hang out at at your local craft place on weekends
0: right No, um, I, I and, mean, they,
1: and i assume that they just drink you know they just drink like fucking clico and and <laughs> you know, any Dom Perignon stuff like that all the time, rather than being, you know,
0: regular human beings, give me me a, (laughs) yeah,
1: just give me like a $5 beer. No, they're, they're drinking the best of the best. So that's my second round pick.
0: Okay. Um, so I, I like it. I, I, I think that's a, that's a good pick for somebody that I would want to drink with. To be honest, I, I think that I would be on the same level with that. Like just sit down with him at a at a dive bar in Boston or something and hang out and have a, have a Sam Adams. Like that's that's cool.
1: He, yeah, and, and I'm pretty sure he's British. Uh, and he's also been in uh, He so I guess I guess when he his like his start was really in the uh, episode of Black Mirror called Fifteen Million Merits.
0: Yes. Yes. That right, that, that was like sort of where is, his career
1: kind of got sparked, and then and then get out just like brought him you know into the like true true limelight. And that is like one of the best bl- like Black Mirror episodes, in my opinion. Oh, it's um, it's honestly sure that like one that
0: gets people hooked on the show. Like when you that's watch that's up for one.
1: debate. But his his acting in that episode is just you know it's it's only like fifty minutes or something, but the whole time you're just like wow, this guy you like feel what he's going through yes. I mean, it, throughout the entire thing. And, it, and there's like some, there's a twist at the end. Right. But always his, his like the scene where he is, and I'm not even, I'm not going to, I don't give a fuck about spoilers at this point. If you haven't seen black mirror, you're doing something wrong.
0: Right. watch black Mirror in the end where if- he
1: finally gets his shot on, on the, you know, the American idol, uh, esque. show. Yeah, I guess more show. Like,
0: like America's got talent. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yes, exactly. Something more like that. <laughs> and his, that, that whole scene where he is just, he is getting like so emotional and like being completely like raw and he's like crying and like shaking and like, and yelling he has the, the glass judges. to
0: his neck, like the oh, whole yeah. time. Like yeah. it's so he, creepy.
1: And it's incredibly acted and, and you like, I don't know how somebody gets that into something, you know, like as an actor. And like the whole time we're watching that episode,
0: you're, you're sitting there going, this dude is going to absolutely lose his mind, but he doesn't, he, he keeps it like controlled and still has that like driving force behind him that says, you know, don't fuck with me. But at the same time, like I am an emotional wreck. Like that's, that's just great acting.
1: Yeah. Just, (laughs) he, he absolutely just killed that episode. Um, And that's an episode that I continue to go back to and watch, even though I've seen it like four or five times now, because it's, it's just that good.
0: Right. That was the, the, I think that was the first one that I showed to Alex actually. And he was like, what the fuck am I watching? And, but at the same time, like he still, like he was really like impressed with it. He was like, this isn't that creepy. It's not like scary or anything, but it's so good. And there's uh, like, he just really developed that character. Like he just made it so believable. But um, now it's my turn for round two. Uh, I'm going to stick with old Hollywood. I just, uh, I kind of have to do it, okay? Um, This is, uh, so, she is one of the best actors of, like, her characters as far as, like, she's kind of typecast, but not really, and uh, she does have a new movie coming out this week, I think. Um, it's, uh, Dame Helen Mirren and, uh, she is in the good liar with, uh, Ian McKellen, sir, Ian McKellen. Right. Um, I would love to have a beer with her mostly because of red. I don't know if you ever saw red, but
1: is red. That, um, that like weird action film that has like, Bruce Willis and like John Malkovich, Freeman. Yeah. And like all of those guys, like kind of out of nowhere, like yeah. it's a very good cast, but it was a really like, I guess may, maybe not a bad movie. I haven't seen it. I can't comment on it, but it, it just didn't seem like it did as well as it should have. Yeah. Considering
0: no, I absolutely cool. agree. But yeah, it was, it's that one. <laughs> like, and uh, I don't know. I just love, I, I love her, but like her, her more recent roles. So like Red was great, Red 2 was okay. Um she's in uh oh what the hell she's in a bunch of shit. But I um I just really like feel like her character is just this like snarky old woman and it's always like the same but but very like different. So there's uh- a <laughs> There's not a lot for me to say about her spe- like career specifically, but I feel like that she would be a lot of fun to have a beer with.
1: She she's really been doing it for like decades now. Um I'm just going to read through some of her um filmography of of late. Go ahead. Um there's it's a really like kind of <laughs> interesting kind of all over all over the place kind of, kind of, uh, I mean, Jesus Christ. I'm just like, I'm, I'm reading through these prior to saying them out loud. And I'm like, this is outrageous. Like some of the stuff that she's been in Hobbs and Shaw.
0: Right. No, she's been in fast and the furious too. That's yes, what's crazy. Yeah, the
1: fate of the furious is the <laughs> right. Right. So like, that's just crazy. And she's going to be in the next one. It looks like as well in 2020.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: you have Monsters Monsters University. She she played Dean Hard Scrabble, a voice. Um Hitchcock, I think, was a was a pretty um critically acclaimed movie. Like you said, Red came out in twenty ten and red two in twenty thirteen. Uh National Treasure, Book of Secrets. Right? She played you Nick know, Cage's just, just mom. These, Come on. Yeah, just some of these crazy like films, and she's like Obviously, one of you know, viewed as one of the the best actresses of you know probably the last fifty years. I mean, Christ, she's been doing it since sixty six is her first.
0: Yeah, but like she's um, she's also done a lot of like historical dramas too, which which lends to the fact that she can become someone else. Like she she plays the queen in the queen. Like there's right, just right. there's a lot of. Uh, specific like typecasting in her repertoire. But at the same time, she's in the fucking fate of the furious. Like what the hell, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, um, so yeah, that's, that's my, that's my pick for, um, who I'd have a beer with, uh, female category. Let's say, um, <laughs> there's uh, what kind of
1: beer. What kind of beer do you think Helen Mirren would, would like to drink? Oh man. She's is, she is English. Keep in mind.
0: Right. Right. So I would say it would have to be maybe something a little bit lower in ABV, Maybe like an English bitter, you know, maybe like a, like a stock, like maybe like a Newcastle or something like that. Like, let's, let's throw it back to like regular, like I, am the guy that always picks like the weird, like one-off specifics, but let's say like a Newcastle Brown Ale. Like, I feel like that might be, that might be a go-to for her.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know,
0: like it, it's kind of sweet. Got a little bit of honey going on in there. And I mean, when was the last time you had a Newcastle Brown Ale? Like, I don't think I've had one of those in probably 10 years, but
1: it's been a long time. I, I was never really on that wave. I, I don't personally like it all that much.
0: No, it's really not that great.
1: And but, I'm not really going to seek it out, but you don't see it anywhere. That's right. the other thing is like, yeah, I mean, where, you can probably pick, pick it up at your
0: local giant Eagle, but like,
1: right. But I don't know. I, I don't, I haven't gone to a bar recently where that's like one of the options, you know, I feel like they're, you know, maybe I haven't been to the right types of places. I mean, I guess if you go to like some random dive bar.
0: Yeah, like uh, sidelines like or something like that. that yeah. yeah. Right. But I, yeah, I would say like a new castle, something like that. Yeah, like something a little bit like feels like home type of thing for her. You know, yeah, I, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a little bit. Uh, I mean, it, it's a little bit of like an easy like handoff there.
1: But. Yeah, but this is completely hypothetical. None of these people are ever going to drink with us. Yeah. (laughs) And I doubt, you know, I doubt very much that they drink any craft beer as is.
0: Right. All right. So we'll uh, let's let's put this on the back burner for a little bit here, because I do want to talk about my weekend a little bit. Um, So one of the uh, one of the biggest takeaways from the weekend was uh, Couch Brewery had their blackout day. On Saturday and I was off work. It was like the stars aligned, you know? And, uh, so we went last year with mom and dad actually, and we had a blast. Like it was, it was low key, but they had uh, four or five different stouts last year. They did eight different stouts
1: this year. Eight. How do you feel about that? I, I've been hearing you guys talk about this for, for a bit. Um, What, you know, do you, are you a fan of, of that many different varieties, you know, all sort of based on the same beer? So can you, can you walk me through it a little bit? Do they do the same base beer and then they, they add different adjuncts to each different one?
0: Yes. Yeah. So it is, um, their base beer is recliner, which is a beer that they have all the time. And I mean, I, I I don't mean that like every time you go there, you're going to have it, but they do it regularly. So... It's a 7% uh, stout, so it's a little bit on the lighter side. It's not, like, full body; Like, you're not going to, like, it's not like a Russian Imperial stout. It's not, an, it's not even an Imperial stout. It's just your your standard, like, middle-of-the-road stout. And it's good. Right. But I feel like whenever they offer that many options, I, I don't think that it takes away. I think it actually um, expands the experience. Because Sarah and I sat there, we split five five ounce pours. So we basically each had a beer. Let's say it that way, right? And so we got there at about four o'clock, maybe, on Saturday after hitting, you know, we, we, I ran around and got some cans in the morning, well, in the afternoon. Uh, I went to Chris's house, which was surprisingly slow for a Penn State game at noon. But I walked in, I got cans at Chris's house. I dipped out and then, um, we stopped at dancing. Gnome, we got some ice cream and then went over to couch and, uh, Peter, my shawarma was there. Uh, honestly, one of the best food trucks in the city. If you haven't checked them out yet, please, please go see them. They're phenomenal people. They do great food. Um, we just got like an order of fries just because we weren't really hanging out that long, but, we walked into Couch and there was a line around the place to get beer. And it blew my mind because I mean Couch is not your destination brewery, right? I'm I'm saying this from the bottom of my heart. I love those guys and they're the coolest people, nicest the the nicest owners I've ever met. They're honestly some of the like they would bend over backwards to do anything for us. And they're just not the hype brewery and it was totally hype that day. Like everybody was there. It was crazy. And so we got in line and I was standing. So if you're familiar with couch, you know how like the bar is on the left. When you walk in, they did a line basically straight off the bar back around the barrier there when you walk in Mm -hmm. to the restroom. Right. And we got in line right in front of the fireplace on the right hand side. Mm -hmm. So, basically I was like, you know what? We're here. We're going to hang out. We're going to get beer. I don't care how long it takes. And Sarah was like, that's fine. I'll just go get a water or whatever and hang out. So she got us a spot at the end of the bar and, uh, I stood in line. There's, uh, there was really like no better way to do it, to be honest, and like it was it was moving pretty well, honestly. Like I mean, I stood in line for probably 15, 20 minutes, but it didn't feel that long because everybody around is drinking, everybody's having a good time. They're playing Army of Darkness on the TV, which I loved. Bruce Campbell is by far one of the best uh, worst actors of all time. Like he's just uh, he's the
1: best word. So, so tell me this: why wouldn't you pick him? Uh, as your as your male lead to drink craft beer with, so, so that would be like a a great conversation because you know it's not just oh wow, you're so successful like how are you so successful? Tell me more about you. It would be like, hey, you've been in some really shitty movies. like what's the deal with that?
0: No no, 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 I'm sorry. I didn't mean it like the best worst. I meant it like. He's one of the best actors in the worst movies, so he's uh, he's the lead in Evil Dead. Okay,
1: the, the OG,
0: the original OG, right? And and Army of Darkness is like the third installment of Evil Dead, and it's one of my favorite movies of all time because of how ridiculous it is. Like he goes, he travels so it, back it on in time. is the level of
1: like Sharknado?
0: I kind of, I would say it's like 80s Sharknado. Cause like he travels back in time after the evil dead two, And he's in like medieval times, but he has a chainsaw for a hand and he has his shotgun in medieval times. So like these people are like freaking out. They're like, Oh my God. Like, Oh, he's a witch. He's a witch, you know? And like, and, and he just goes through like this whole thing of like saving the, the, the kingdom and it, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely insane. But Bruce Campbell is one of the, one of the best people to put in that role. And like, he's done other things. Like he was on burn notice. I don't know if you remember that show on USA from like oh, yeah, in yeah, the yeah. mid 2010s. Like <laughs> he, he was just like this caricature of like, sci-fi horror like goofy you know like just over the top stupidness and so
1: like ter- he's like terror reed basically yeah i would but say if not, you're equating not- it
0: to to sharknado then yeah he's like terror reed <laughs> but i but i feel like people respect bruce campbell because he's like he's like the the comic con icon you know like he goes to all these like festivals and stuff like that and he just just throws his chin out there because everybody knows bruce campbell's chin you know So I would say, I mean, I would definitely drink with that guy because I feel like he would throw him back and he'd be throwing back whatever he could get his hands on. But couch has army of darkness on the TVs during blackout 2019. And I was like, this is perfect. This is amazing. And Sarah's never seen it. So she's sitting there watching it like intently on the TV with this you know they're they're playing like thriller. They're playing like like Halloween st- like style music, and it's just like it, it was just like an experience. <laughs> so I I stood in line for so about. was two- good
1: when they you know when when you fully commit. Right? Yeah. Oh, can absolutely. Yeah. You can just do a release and release all these beers and stuff, but you want to make it an event.
0: Yeah, right. yeah, absolutely. And it was it was so much fun because they had they had cans of everything except for the barrel aged stout. They had like the TVs going, they had the the lights were down, they had black lights everywhere. Like it was super cool. And so what I what I mean the thing is like it's tough to manage that kind of crowd when you're not expecting it. But they were also probably understaffed. Um I will say on Sunday morning, I got a text message from Carrie, one of the owners, head brewer from couch and Carrie, he's been on the podcast before. Wonderful human being, honestly, just like one of the coolest people. And he basically said, Hey, how was your experience yesterday? We got a few shitty reviews. Like, did we get, you know, did we, How was staffing is what he asked. And I was like, dude, like it's a beer release. I expect to stand in line. Like you guys were managing it as well as you could. There were maybe like three or four people working, but people were running back and forth, washing glasses, like all that stuff. And like the whole time, I mean, we sat there, we got our beers and we only had one flight because I wasn't going to stand in the line again, but we weren't, planning on being there for that long. I just wanted to stop in and and try a couple of the beers that I hadn't had. And so the beers were pretty solid. I I really enjoy the adjuncts that they choose because I think that it's very well crafted. I don't think that it's just throwing stuff in a stout for stout's sake. So that's what I really appreciate about the event. But also when the owner of the brewery is reaching out to somebody who was there and saying, Hey, what was your experience like? that makes it that much better. Like I was like, dude, you don't have to text me and ask about it because I had a great time. I commented on your Instagram post. I can't wait for next year, you know, like that kind of thing.
1: And yeah. So, so the, the thing that I'd like to sort of chime in on, you have to know, and you have to expect when there's a beer release really anywhere under almost any circumstances, you have to expect to wait and to not get, you know, the most impeccable service, right? I mean, there, there are, you know, maybe people weren't expecting it because, like you said, Couch isn't really getting hyped up all that much. You know, they're not getting national buzz or anything. There's definitely local buzz around them. But you're going to these places, you have to absolutely know... that you're not going to be able to get everything you want out of the experience.
0: Well, and I, I I agree completely because there's no way to serve 50 people that show up at your bar immediately. Period. Right. I I mean, they, they have a larger than normal tap room. I would say, I don't think it's, it's not huge. It's not this like, Oh my God! The, the, like the, they bought three square blocks of you know downtown Pittsburgh or something like that, but it's bigger than most. It's bigger than Hitchhiker. It's bigger Very than Dancing yeah. Gnome, and people come there to hang out. I mean, the place is called Couch for Christ's sake. <laughs> like you're gonna go yeah, there. You're yeah. gonna you're gonna sit for a while. You know you're gonna hang out. There's no reason for anybody to walk into that place and expect to be served immediately when they're having a release, when they're having an, right. and, and an and event you're not like to, that.
1: like It's so easy to, to, to be a Monday morning quarterback and say, you know, you guys should have done this, 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 and this, like, they don't know what to expect either. Right. They're, they're not taking RSVPs and stuff. People are just showing right. up. So yeah. That, you have I have mean, no idea of, and, and some of the releases probably haven't generated all that much buzz. So maybe they weren't even expecting it. It, it. Like it's, it's just so easy to sit from the outside and be like, wow, you guys should have done this and you should have done better and stuff. And we, you know, we comment on a lot of breweries, and that's sort of what we do here on this podcast. But yeah.
0: But I mean, at the we same understand time, that
1: it's not as, e- it's not as easy as just taking the recommendations that are thrown at you from people who don't understand how it truly works in the service industry.
0: Absolutely. And there's no, there's no way that they could have possibly, Imagined how packed that place was.
1: Right. There are definitely events where, you know, if you think about places like uh, Free Floyd's, who, you know, they do the yearly Dark Lord Day, that type of stuff, where you're selling tickets, you know exactly what to expect, exactly how many people are going to show up and be there and all that stuff. Sure. Right. But a, a local place isn't going to sell like Eventbrite tickets. They're not going to waste money on that when. They're just going to try to get the word out and, and hopefully, you know, people kind of flock there,
0: but and they you know, did, that's the it, thing. It like, will
1: help them. It will help them get better moving forward. Right. And, and the fact that they, they will take the time out of their day to text some people that they know that showed up is already making an improvement on, on something. Right. right. And forward. I, like I mean, the thing know- is like,
0: they have what 16 taps
1: so I want to say it's it's around there.
0: So let, let let's just say they have eight stouts on, right? If you're doubling up the taps, you have two people pouring beers. The most that you can pump out is those two people, right? Like you can't have four people behind the bar pouring two beers each, like it doesn't speed up the process all it is, is you have to deal with what you're there for. And they didn't take everything off of tap because they only had one keg of each stout. Mm -hmm. And I hope they sold out of it because honestly, the new stuff was great. The ones that I tried that I didn't have last year were excellent. I thought they were above par for a stout of that ABV in the area. So, there's no reason for you to expect it to be this excellent, perfect, walk up, get a beer, sit down. I want another beer. Walk up, get another. No, it, it, it just doesn't happen whenever you have that kind of hype train going, especially when it's later in the day and people are finally hearing about it on Untapped and whatever other social media. Oh, get here now. It's so good. Oh, you got to try it like, uh, you know, that kind of thing it doesn't matter at the end of the day, they busted their asses. Those people were working hard and it was a good time. I I feel like I had a blast and we were only there for maybe an hour.
1: So, yeah, I mean, you you just, you need to cut, cut these people some slack and have, you know, more realistic expectations going into something like that. Right. And I think a lot of that is on, it it happens everywhere. It's one thing. thing if, If they're taking, you know, if you're waiting in line, there's nothing you can do about that. Right. I mean, I I waited in line at, I was telling you, you know, pre-podcast about this rooftop bar we went to in L.A., right? I didn't really have expectations. We knew that we were going to have to wait in line to get to the, get into the bar, right? Get up there, and we literally waited in line for 30 minutes to get one drink, which I paid $11 for. Right. And, you know, for me, there's some outrage, definitely. I mean, I think that they, they could have handled it. A little bit better uh they had one bartender at this bar and at one point she kind of just walked away and (laughs) left for like 10 minutes so we're all just kind of waiting there like hey what the hell is going on And we were too deep in the line at that point to to like give up i guess but again it's all about managing your expectations in in circumstances like that and i'm sure you know maybe those people who who had the comments were justified in saying it but i Chances are they, they weren't justified and they were just getting pissed off because they, they didn't have a beer in their hand upon walking in there. Right. And And I can, I can understand that to, to some extent, because typically when you go to couch, there's not a lot ever.
0: Yeah. but But I mean, who's to say that these aren't people that were there for the first time and never experienced the, the warm hug that is couch. Yeah. Like yeah. you walk in there and uh, Beth behind the bar is like the nicest, like she will remember you and she will say, you know, she'll ask you like uh, about something that you talked about last time or like they're just like a, a, a cool like neighborhood bar, mm-hmm. but they make their own beer. Like that's, that's what couches vibe it's cheers. is.
1: It's, it's, it's Pittsburgh cheers. That's how I feel every time I walk in there. Yeah, and, absolutely. And they never do. I just, I really don't, see them treating anyone that uh, like poorly enough to get a bad review on it.
0: No, no, absolutely it's so not.
1: Difficult. It's, to, it's to obviously something like that when you're not expecting it. And like I said, it is hindsight is 2020 for fucking everybody. And everybody's got a fucking comment and an opinion on, you know, what, what this per- place is doing, what this place is doing, need to be better, blah, blah, blah. And I'd and I, I like to think that a lot of the comments that we make are pretty justified. Some of the, the, the places that we call out and things, yeah. need to change up a little bit. But you know, we're just we're kind of just talking heads as well. There there are certain things that I just right, like I don't I don't expect
0: by. I don't expect Gris House to to message us and be like, you guys are fucking assholes because yeah, everybody I mean, loves really us. Care. Like,
1: yeah, and, and like and that and that's the other thing is who the fuck cares what what we have to say, you know? Like, right, and that's what I told money. Carrie.
0: That's uh, that uh, that's honestly like I texted him. I was like, dude. Don't even worry about it. You guys are not in the wrong. And he was like, he was really honest with me. He was just like, Hey, you know, I'm never there for can releases and I can't be there today or I I couldn't be there yesterday, but I just wanted to get like an idea of what went on. And I was like, dude, just, just let it roll off your back. Like there's no, there's no reason to carry that weight around because it was a great event. Everybody was having a good time. People were sitting with people they didn't know. Like I, we sat there and I was in line and this table was like leaving and it was only two people at a four person table. And they were like, oh yeah, we're sharing this with somebody we don't even know. So if you want to hang out here, that's cool. Just know that there are two other random people sitting here. Like how cool is that? Like that, that's, it's fucking like cafeteria style. You just sit down and, and you talk to the person next to you. That's, that's community. That's, that's That's exactly what, that's exactly what it should be about. That's what I was saying. So there's, there's so much right that they're doing that a couple of shitty reviews are not going to break that place. And honestly, um, well, yeah, I just, I really enjoyed the experience. I thought the, the stouts were exceptional. I'm not going to, like I said, I'm not going to probably line up for them the next time it's released or anything, but at the same time, I know that I can stop back there this week and get cans because it's, it's couch. And I know that they're going to have them and they're going to be happy to see me. And Hey, here, try, try one of each can that we have, like take, you know, the four packs were like 18 bucks or something too. Like it wasn't even that outrageous to get cans to go, go there, get their cans, enjoy the atmosphere, Talk to Beth behind the bar. Talk to Darren and Carrie and um, anybody else there, honestly. They're just super nice people. I just I hate to see them get bashed because of something that they can't control.
1: And I, I just, scene. Uh, yeah, no, I, I completely <laughs> agree. It's it's probably unwarranted and you know it was a successful event right absolutely yeah you have hundreds of people coming through during the day and it's it's so difficult to to make sure that every single individual person has like the best possible experience and that's you know that's what they strive for but that's all you can really do is is your best and and if it's if your best isn't good enough for somebody there's plenty of other places to go. If you don't wanna, right. if you don't want to support them, you should. I think you should continue supporting them because they're a great local brewery and that, that goes for you know anywhere you are around the country.
0: Yeah. No, absolutely. You yeah, always absolutely. have
1: to give it a second chance, right? Like I, I think that, that one bad experience shouldn't be the deciding factor in whether or not you go back to a certain place. And and I don't think any of the places that I've sort of decided that I I don't care for and maybe won't go back to, it wasn't based on one interaction. It was based on, you know, a couple of different times where, you know, maybe I don't like the beer, maybe I don't like the service all that much, that kind of stuff. It's it's really hard for me to to sympathize with the people who are complaining about Couch, given the circumstances, given this massive event that they're putting on. And they're, and they're not, you know, maybe not really all that equipped to, to do something like that. But again, they will learn. They've... They've already taken the steps to make sure that they're gonna be better next time around. And I'm sure that Carrie is already planning ways to improve upon what they did this past weekend.
0: Absolutely. And
1: that's all you can expect from people, right? It is every time you go in to get at least as good, if not better, service than you did the time before.
0: Right, right. Um I will say uh so on a lighter note, um I did run into Pittsburgh Beardad and his sister Molly, um, while we were hanging out a couch. Uh, so social media shout out to those guys. Um, she was in from Philly. So we got to talk a little bit about, you know, tired hands and all the, uh, Southeastern PA stuff. So really cool to, to actually meet those guys in real life. Again, this is another thing that, that comes from this podcast is we get to meet some cool people and, uh, Jesse and his sister Molly hanging out at couch for blackout. Super nice to meet you guys. Uh, if you're listening, great. Thank you. Uh, throw us a, uh, comment and let us know what you thought of all the beers. Although I did talk, a l- we did talk a little bit about it, but, um,
1: so what would you say would be your favorite? I know that we're, we're probably running a little bit long here, but give me a little bit of a synopsis of, of the new offerings that they had and which, which was your
0: Okay, so there were four new offerings this year. And I uh, I got all four of those and the Tiki Torch from last year, which I really enjoyed. And if you know anything about me to this point in the podcast, you know that I do not like Coconut. But because Tiki Torch was such a standout last year, I felt like we needed to get it again. So I did get that one. But I also got... Um, like I said, the four new ones, Tiki torch was a little strong on the coconut this year. Kind of tasted like you were licking somebody who was covered in sunscreen. Uh, (laughs) if I'm being real honest. (laughs) So the, uh, the other ones that we had though, were, um, the balding Eagle, which was the barrel aged version, which, uh, ended up coming in at about 9% alcohol. So a little bit higher ABV, Um, it was very heavy on the barrel. Um, so there was a lot of burn along with it that I didn't quite enjoy, but it was still pretty solid. Um, the other ones were the 880 yard and, uh, Oh shoot! Now I'm now I'm sitting here like trying to figure out what I what I drank. The uh, the 880 yard was the coffee blend with Commonwealth Coffee. So they are 880 yards up the road from Couch. So I thought that was a cool nod, a, a pretty pretty cool name for it. Honestly, the um, the Sofa Commando. I'm pretty sure I'm saying that correct. I, I'm, I'm sure it's a play on Sofa King, right? Yeah. Sofa Sofa Camando. It's a uh, Mexican chocolate. That one was probably one of my favorites. But the uh, Santa's Office Rocker was by far the star of the show. It's a uh, graham cracker... Like, uh, I'm sorry, not graham cracker, uh, gingerbread, gingerbread stout. And I just thought it was super well balanced. Like, there was not like any point where I was just like, oh, I'm drinking Christmas. This is great. No, it was actually like a really good flavor. And it still felt like drinking a decent stout. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of those like adjunct stouts that really just punch you in the face with extra flavor but this one still felt like drinking a stout, even though it had that like gingerbread kind of like sweetness to it, nutmeg, you know, that kind of thing. It was very Christmassy in design, but I thought it was really good.
1: Yeah, that's, it's very, I think it's easy with, um, like you're saying with adjuncts to overdo it and overpower. And it seemed like you got a a mixed bag there. A couple of them you thought maybe they could have toned back a little bit, but, um, that, that's what's that's what's so interesting about what they're doing there with you know eight different stouts. You really have to uh, sort of be you have to be very talented, I think, to get enough differences out of the the eight varietals. Even though you're adding different things, you're using the same base beer. So if you you know if you use not enough of something, say for like two of them. They could taste like the exact same beer.
0: Oh, for sure. And that was the other thing. Like there were a couple of other ones. Like we had that there was a there was a cranberry one last year that or yeah yeah the uh, next to Mars from last year that we didn't get because we didn't enjoy that one last year. And I I kind of I'm I'm kicking myself for not trying it again because I, and maybe they got better at it to be honest. And the other ones were like there was an orange vanilla, I want to say, or orange chocolate, one of the two that was uh, the other one that I was like, oh, maybe we should get that. And then I decided on the Tiki Torch because I wanted to try it again. So I don't know that they're going to have them throughout the week coming up here, but there's, uh, there's not a lot that they do bad. I think that it's just a little too much for some people, right?
1: Yeah, it's definitely. Some, I mean, I'm sure that if you if you had a discussion with them, they would say, you know, we need to improve here, 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 here and here. Right. I mean, uh, you know, in in addition to improving, you know, service, I guess, I mean, I, I, I can't imagine that the service was all that bad or bad at all. It really but, wasn't. Um, you know, I'm sure that it, that's what's part of being a, a local business and, and owning your own place like you have to continue to think of ways to improve um, not only the quality of the product that you make, but also, you know, the quality of the service that you're providing people. Um, And I'm sure that they're, they're going to do great next year. And and they'll continue to, uh, you know, get better at, at making the beers and, and, you know, maybe start trying some new things and, you know, maybe get some other people involved, which I think would be really cool if they Started bringing in other people to collab with. Like you said, they did the Commonwealth collab, you know, maybe even some, some different breweries to get some, some new fresh ideas from, from some people who are so, sort of viewing it from a thousand feet.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, we're, uh, we're running pretty long here, Jake. So we're going to wrap it up. Uh, let's, let's do a real quick lightning round though, of the, uh, Hollywood drinkers. So first person that pops into your head and what beer you're drinking with them. Go.
1: Let's go. Will Smith. Okay. The, f- the fresh Prince. <clears throat> um, I want to hit him with a DDH DIPA for sure. Okay. He and seems, he-, he seems like a guy who would, who would enjoy, uh, you know, sort of the hyped up styles. And uh, I think that, that right now is, is definitely uh, on trend.
0: Okay, so any specific uh, double dry hopped dippa that you would drink with them?
1: So many. Um, let's go with, you know, maybe not a dippa, maybe just an IPA. Let's go with uh, DVH Moucher.
0: So oh, that's a good call. All right. Um, okay, so off the cuff here, I'm going to say Christopher Walken. And uh, he and I are going to be drinking. Maybe like, uh, let's say like uh, Black Cloud's uh, Double Vanilla from Dancing Them okay. I feel like, uh, like an Imperial Stout, like a little like brandy glass full, you know, swoosh it around a little bit. Have him, you know, do his little, uh, you know, I uh, don't know, uh, you know, uh, that was a terrible Christopher Walken.
1: Yeah, I don't. I'm not sure what you were going for there. No, I'm going to play that back. Yeah, no, and we're going to try to figure out exactly who it was that trying to do an impression (laughs) over there. Um, Okay, uh, you know, let's. I'm just going to run off some names real fast for you. Okay, Uh, Sandra Bullock. Uh, I'm going to give her some sort of, you know, uh, fruitier, sour. I think that she. She probably likes some, <laughs> like some of the fruitier drinks. but I wouldn't give her an IPA or anything like that. Um, maybe something from uh, Trillium does a cellar day every. You know, uh, let's stick with Trillium.
0: Do they, like they a faded farmer
1: cellar release. Yeah, faded farmer would be would be ideal. Like maybe one of the raspberries or something.
0: All right. Well, then I'm going to fire um, back. I'm going to fire back with uh, Reese Witherspoon. Okay. Okay. I feel yeah. like uh, mm-hmm. I feel like she would be definitely on the sour train as well. But I'm gonna go with uh, the like a 450 North like slushy XL, um, like like triple sour, maybe like uh, blueberry blackberry kind of thing. I don't know. I don't know their names because they're all fucking weird. But uh, I'll right. say I'll say 450 North slushy XL with uh, Reese Witherspoon. All right, we got. Uh, let's let's say we have uh, 90 seconds left here. Go ahead with one more.
1: Tina Fey. Okay, hilarious. One of like just a really great uh, personality. I am sure that she would be a joy to have a beer with, and I've said a joy twice now about two different people, but they're both true. Okay, uh, Tina Fey. I am gonna go with let, let's do some. I am not actually sure where Tina Fey is from. You got forty five sure seconds. She's from California. Um, let's go with Firestone Walker eight hundred five. Oh,
0: that's a classic. That's a classic. All right, um, my last one here. I am gonna go with uh, Shia LaBeouf. Okay. All right. And uh, we're going to go with, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Shia LaBeouf from the actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf videos online. Yes. And uh, I think that he would like a blood orange IPA. And uh, I'm going to say that it's got to be, uh, oh, geez, I can't even think right now. Let me, uh, Bloodline from uh, Flying Dog. How about yes. that? Okay.
1: Perfect. Nailed it on the head. (laughs) With that, we will see you next week.
0: All right, guys. And cheers. Hello, and welcome to the end of the podcast. You made it this far, so why don't you go and follow us on social media? At the weekly
1: recap on Instagram. At the weekly recap one on Twitter. Or email us, the recap one at gmail.com. And we'll see you next week.